Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Show. Myself, Roy Shanahan, and I'm joined as always by Mr. David Bugle and Neil Dobbs from thebigkickoff.com. Now, today was the last day of the Premier League season and it did not fail to deliver. Neil, it's it's a topsy-turvy year this year for between uh, Manchester City and Liverpool. It could have went either way and it was just one small result compared to another during the season that's really tipped it, not just today. Yeah, well, first of all, it did fail to deliver, right? Because City won and Liverpool didn't. But uh, <laughs> as far as excitement, as far as excitement and, I guess, uh, drama goes, like, I mean, you know, you're thinking to yourself, if City go one up, or sorry, if Villa go one up, they've a lot to do still, but two up, you're always thinking, wow, three goals they need now. And, you just began to believe that little bit more, even though Liverpool were kind of stuttering today if you had watched the game. Um, but yeah, look, it's fine margin, absolutely the finest margin to break the 90 points barrier, to finish a point again behind City. They just kind of taunted us that little bit and gave us the little bit of hope and then snatched it away in the space of five minutes. But as you said, look, the damage was done pre-Christmas. It wasn't done today. You know, Liverpool, I think something crazy have taken... 50 points in the last 53 or something like that which is absolutely ridiculous so you, you can't argue with that no, there you go no, you can't ridiculous really. amount of points though. Uh, Dave did Villa let Liverpool down in the end I, I had to turn it over to the Liverpool game when when Villa went 2-0 <laughs> up it was my only hope to cheer no. it on Wolves <laughs> but they, uh, it, they let in three goals very very quickly yeah, they can, no, I'm I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into picking a game throughout the 38 games. I'm not getting into this. It'll be just small-minded stuff. It is what it is. It's devastating because it was 2-0, but City were never going to let them off the hook that easy. They were always going to throw everything at them. If anything, I've seen the second goal, and that kind of sums up City, just a lovely pass inside the post instead of snatched panic like most teams in, in, in world football and that second goal alone will show you the qualities that they have alongside Liverpool and you know once they got that first goal I'd say it was man, manic panic and you know this is a massive game that obviously Villa had been a part of and you just don't like I, I, it could have been rather in the head like for five minutes and once the second one went in it was almost inevitable but uh, no Villa did what they had to do and they made it interesting and good luck to them they just couldn't hold out. Um, Andy Martinez, no idea whether he was injured or not, but I don't think the keeper was really at fault for any of them either. You know, what can you do? It is what it is. Um, thankfully, Liverpool did what they... I don't know if I, could, I, I, don't know if I would have been on tonight, right, if City hadn't dropped the point and Liverpool didn't do the job. I genuinely don't know if I could have come on. It's, Very true. It's, yeah. I think Martinez had a, a knee injury, so he couldn't. He wasn't yeah, training yeah. properly yesterday, so he was out. But as you said, Holton came in. He did. He did a good job. He didn't do anything wrong yeah. in the first half. He was very, very good. They go two 0 yeah. up, and you you think because City at that stage they weren't getting shots on target. They hadn't got shots on target at that stage for yeah. all their possession and everything. They couldn't get through. Villa Villa go two 0 up. I kind of thought, right, this is this is it now. It's really for obviously for my, my side, my, my side of things. I was looking and saying, God, it's. I could I could only see Liverpool win in all fairness so at yep. that stage if you were a Manchester City fan I'd say you were bricking it um, for Liverpool yep. it was so, it was it, it was never an opportunity because I always thought Liverpool were going to win so where yep. Dave do you think during the season was it no was it won or lost was there any time that you no thought way. or was it just a one weekend you know someone gets yep. a result someone doesn't no way 
nowhere because, as I said, it's very small mind syndrome. Liverpool got 50 out of 54. So if anyone wants to go back to before Christmas say that was the game, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. You're a moron. I don't want to listen to it because it's ridiculous. 50 out of 54. Liverpool did, what, every, did all they could. Uh, to make it an honest one, because everyone on the mother would have thought Man City were, were going to win at a canter. So, no, I have no interest. We will not look back, as I said, lazy and just just stirring the pot if you're going to do it, in my opinion. Liverpool did what they didn't. I don't think they could have done it now. They got the job done today. City obviously did enough and showed that class in that five minutes of madness. Um, it'll be just a bit petty and nitpicky to try and find it because it's like three or four years ago the two of them were near perfect for the second half of the season and you're waiting for somebody to slip up and neither of them really did and just tip your hat to both of them in this instance but I couldn't there's not, for me I haven't been a slight bit of interest in looking at where it could have been Yeah Neil the two teams are absolute machines they just keep turning out those results it's very hard to see either drop points at any stage so it does be a surprise at time when when they do how do Liverpool, I think we said this before, but how do Liverpool take, I suppose, that extra step to try and win a couple of these leagues in a row? Because if, if Liverpool or if Man City weren't here, Liverpool would be dominating in England. So what is it now? Because Manchester City are bringing Haaland in, so that's only going to make them better. They can't get too many more points, but it, it, they could be more clinical in, in what they're doing and, and make life a little bit easier. How, how do Liverpool go and do that? Um, it's hard to know, right? Like, I mean, you're hitting 90 point marks. It's absolutely incredible. The standard's incredible. The mentality. And I think if you're seeing what the kind of treble slash quadruple um, assault looks like, that's what it looks like today. Tired legs in the last kind of couple of games. They haven't had the same month. So what does Klopp do? Does he maybe switch off a little again next year from the Cups in order to really assault the league a little bit better? Um, and that might be the answer. So you've you've kind of quenched a bit of a thirst by winning um, two cups this year. If they were to secure the Champions League, no one would give a monkey's about the cups next year. Or you put your younger players made in the FA Cup and in the Carabao instead. And um, obviously you care about the Champions League. But I don't really see either of these sides doing a whole lot more. I don't even know what Haaland is going to bring City. You know, will he bring them an extra five points, three points? It's hard to know. Or will he just kill teams? a little bit quicker and a little bit more clinical or maybe in the big Champions League games. But like the two of them are just ferocious in the amount of points that they take. To tweak that and to add something, maybe it's by bringing in another player, maybe a bit more coverage um, you know, in certain parts of the field, uh, maybe around midfield or something like that. But for, for Liverpool, I don't know. The only thing I would say is that the last time they, they missed out by a point, they attacked the Premier League with serious venom the year after and got out ahead of City and I think that's the only way you're going to overhaul City. Dave alluded to it earlier. They're just a machine in the second half of the season. So I think Liverpool need to be ahead of them going into the New Year Christmas run. And then that's their only chance to get ahead of them. Absolutely. And yeah, it's very tight between the two of them, uh, Roy. Um, in the last four seasons combined, there's a point between them. City are a point better. Like That's how close they are. Like yeah. It's uh, very fine margins now at this stage. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's a great battle, and it's great to see. And listen, whoever wins the league between the two of them in any given year, totally deserve it because they're two of the top teams in Europe. Which I'll go on to, Dave, because next weekend Liverpool will be playing Real Madrid for the Champions League, and if they win that, they they get a treble of cups between the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the Champions League. But 
we've seen Real Madrid. It's, it's it's certainly not going to be a pushover, is it? No, like these are two kind of European, like very steep in history, and like Liverpool and second legs in Anfield. Like there's a history there, and that's the reason why they win so many because there is a bit of a, a mental team with both Liverpool and whoever the team is, and it's the same with Real Madrid in any European tie because they are the kings of Europe. So write them off at your peril, you know. Um, and what makes it interesting is the balance is getting is getting more and more 50-50 if a couple more bodies keep falling apart the way Liverpool are at the minute so it'll be interesting um, Salah looks obviously like he's going to be fine and they look after him this week Van Dijk potentially he Klopp came out and said Fabinho's going to be back so that's one thing that should be okay but now obviously Thiago at the moment it's down as a hamstring which is usually not a good thing so it'll just be interesting to see just how fresh thankfully it's a full week they'll be well looked after I'm sure they've serious experts looking at it and trying to get them back to full fitness I mean as I said that just might make it a bit of a leveller and look anyone writes off Real Madrid you're playing with fire like Jesus they know how it's done and as I said it's that mental thing of this is what we do we win European trophies and we win the big one um, so it's a cracking toy and yeah as much as a lot of people probably would have fancied uh, Liverpool a couple of weeks ago now just maybe a little bit getting a bit closer because of obviously the one or two niggles and we'll see what happens but hopefully a bit of pain today will be the inspiration and obviously wanting to um, do one on, on Madrid after a couple of years ago. So it, 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 it's finally balanced to be a great tie. Absolutely. And Neil, you look at this game, you see if they win the Champions League, it's a great season. If they don't win the Champions League, we've heard this comment about it about a little bit. Is it a disappointing year? You, you win two trophies. It's hard to be a bit disappointing year, but just the way it, it would end if that was the case, would you see it as a disappointing year or is it just one of those things? Um, I would say, Roy, if they lose the Champions League next week, I'd be disappointed. But you can't be disappointed of the season as a whole. I mean, the fact that they were more or less out of the title race uh, at the turn of the new year, the lads were heading off to African Nations. You were literally writing off the Premier League. So if you hand the Liverpool at that point to Carabao and the FA Cup, you'd be very, very happy. If you threw in on top of that a, a final appearance, sorry, a final appearance in Paris, you'd be, you know, overwhelmingly happy. But you know yourself, at the end of the day, you want to get your hands on the silverware. So I think you'd be disappointed for a few days afterwards and definitely on the night. But overall, what the club, you know, being a supporter and what they've given you this year, you've, you've had so many more ups than downs. That was a down today. But I think most rational supporters kind of deep down knew it was a big ask to go with the quality of City. So um, I don't, wouldn't say it's disappointing uh, as a season. I think your season has been a cracker. Um, but yeah, you'll be you'll be left with that feeling of what if you miss out by a point again, and you miss out on a big European prize. It would hurt, um, and it would take a bit to get the team kind of back on track after the likes of that. Absolutely, did Liverpool. If you if you get to three finals and are pipped to the league uh, on the last day of the season, there's, there's not much more you can do than just win them. So they're a phenomenal team, a phenomenal season, and uh, the same with City. Uh, City'd bite the hand off to be in that final next week. Okay, we look at uh, Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal because both decided to smash a few goals in uh, this weekend. Five, in fact, each. Arsenal five against Everton and Spurs five against Norwich. And Dave, Spurs have pipped them for the Champions League spot. They'd be delighted about that. Harry Kane will have to come back to that because that's that's what it's all been about all year. If they didn't get Champions League, he probably wouldn't stay. Yeah. Does this mess him up a bit or will this sort of appease him and this is where he's going to refocus well, again as in he, about moves 
yeah, there's a lot of, like I obviously I we all I presume can't take or not can't can't take Conte's gonna stay. So I think this should be enough because it's only gonna be Liverpool or Chelsea because City he's not going there, I presume, with the fact that Haaland's going in. So it's either Liverpool who which I doubt or they're are interested in Chelsea, maybe, but would he go to someone like Chelsea? So if he goes anywhere else, he's coming out of it unless he goes a, a, across Europe. So if he stays in England, I think it's going to be in a sports jersey next year. Uh, and a job well done. As as we alluded to a couple of weeks ago with Arsenal, it was whether they had the experience, you know, the the bit of the bit announced at the end of the year. Obviously, Spurs have. Uh, I hate saying a few of these players' names because I'm not their biggest fans. But you have Son and Kane, but then you've got the likes of Dyer and a few others that have been there. And Lloris over the last few years have been in a Champions League final. They they kind of know what needs to be done, and I think that was the biggest difference more than anything over Arsenal. But uh, if he stays in England, I'd be shocked if he's not in a sports jersey at this stage because with Haaland going to City, I can't see Liverpool or, or Chelsea unless he's going to be completely mad and sell his soul and go to someone like United or somebody who's willing to blow the absolute bank on him. Absolutely. And when you look at the points since Conte has come in, they're third to Liverpool and Manchester City with Arsenal only just behind them and Chelsea dipping fast. Uh, Newcastle actually are in sixth place, so that shows you how well they did. But Neil, when you look at what Conte did, but also Arteta, they had an absolutely disaster to start to the season. And it, it, this season, really, you couldn't see it as a disaster or a poor season for Arsenal. It, it, if you looked at Manchester United, who spent millions on getting Sancho, Ronaldo, and who was the other one that they brought in? Varane. And these are top players to add to a team who finished second in the league. That's a failure. But you couldn't say that Arsenal uh, have failed. There has been plenty of progress. Yeah, I think with Arsenal, Roy, and look, I, I seen a, qu- a comment from Piers Morgan last week, you know, the greatest Arsenal fan on the planet with the greatest attitude. But he was like, oh, Arteta should be shot for, you know, not getting them to over the line. But to be honest with you, Roy, it was an incredible run they went on. Like, we talked on the show pre-Christmas. There was times there where the discussion was, is Arteta going to be the next uh, managerial casualty ahead of even Watford at that stage? So that's how perilous his position was at that stage. For him to turn that around and literally almost get there, it reminds me a little of the Brendan Rodgers Leicester thing. They just fell at the final hurdle when they needed that extra little bit of quality and that little bit of noose. So, no, definitely not a failure, but I think they will feel kind of aggrieved the fact that it was there. You know, they could nearly touch it and then they just fell when it really mattered. But that shows that the squad has more to grow that they've more experience to get and they will learn from their moments. Um, he Do they have to, to bring add, in experience, he, Neil? Yeah, I think they need to bring in experience, uh, Roy, and I think they need to bring in a striker. They, they, regardless of the age uh, factor of a striker, they need to replace goals up front because they've let go of Obama Yang, who was the bad apple. They need to replace him. I think they're okay kind of in the spine of their team experience-wise isn't too bad, but they have a lot of kids out wide and they need kind of hauling back in and keep them in line. And you need them old heads, you know, just to get you through that kind of game last week with Newcastle where they didn't fire. Um, it's a hard one for Arsenal because I think he's built it on youth. But I think they definitely need one or two, um, yeah, more maybe senior pros to kind of grab that team. But they've done very well for what they've done for this season. Um, and if they were to bring in a quality striker next year, I think they could go, uh, they could go one better if they could stick to the same game plan. What would you think of Ivan Tony from Brentford? Scored 12 goals, 5 assists this year, first season in the Premier League. 
big strong links up we talked Dave about him at the start of the season how many goals he was contributing yeah. in assisting maybe not a direct assist but just linking up uh, Neil he's someone that for me looks like he'd be a player that would would do well for Arsenal is that the type of player or, or is this a different type of player that you see there I'd love to see Tony at Arsenal or a bigger club and it's always interesting to see a guy come into the Premier League I won't say he took it by storm but he's definitely been very consistent like he's a he's a ferocious competitor he wins in the air I watched him batter Chelsea's backline there a couple of weeks ago um, when Brentford played against him and he was just bullying uh, Thiago and the lads in the backline which is great to see so would he be an Arsenal type of player I don't know maybe he might lack that little bit of finesse but he would certainly give them a kind of a, an anchor up front where the ball would stick to him kind of like Giroud when he played for them that time you're not expecting necessarily to be running in behind all the time but he'll hold up play and then you have your Smith Rose and your Sackers and your Martinelli's breaking past him bringing them into play so whether Arteta sees him as his type of player I don't know um, but it'll be an exciting sign I think if they get someone like him I think if I were Arsenal um, the guy off uh, Benfica up front was it Nunes Nunes, or Nunes, yeah. Nunes yeah he looks like a kind of a, you know fast running in behind type of player I, I, I'd be more looking at him unfortunately now his price tag is probably going up a couple of uh, a couple of notches now since the Liverpool games he raised his profile but that type of player where he can break lines he's very very quick um, and Arsenal a nice football inside to be treading balls in that would be the type of you know character I'd be looking for for them yeah, Dave, when you look at Spurs, we said it before with them, there's probably a lot of changes, so it's probably hard for us to go into it and, and, and right now and talk about who they yeah. may need. But Conte did bring in a couple of players during the off-season, Ben Tancourt yeah. and, and, and Kulicewski. They have really contributed for him and the board really should look at Conte and trust in his ways in dealing with the market, shouldn't they? 100% and don't get overly involved um, even though we've only conceded 40 goals this season and obviously he would have a big say in that in the second half as he said the half like a real leader like um, would be a massive thing to really get that spine going he eventually pulled the plug on the reef I'm not saying he's been bad or anything like that but I just think there comes a time where you need to kind of move on and build um, and then you have that fine spine you get maybe a top goalkeeper top centre half and then you've got maybe the likes of Bettencourt and Hoiberg I like Hoiberg what he does the unassuming job but that makes the other lads come alive and then if you have Sean and Kane coming the way they have been you know it doesn't have to be massive wholesale changes because it's very hard to change the dynamic so far if you make too many changes and other clubs are going to have a similar problem this year um, who are a couple of places below which no doubt will go to in a minute but that's my little take on sports like don't get too eager and try and you're not going to catch up on Liverpool and City. You've only three points to go to to overtake Chelsea and maybe be the best of the rest for next year. So it doesn't take all that much to do that. And if you're the best of the rest, you're still in the Champions League next year. And then maybe look at, all right, what can we do to start reeling in the, the other two? Um, so don't go too crazy. But what you, what you do get, you get top quality. Not this 40, 30 million, 40 million cross your fingers and hope he turns into a gem. You know, maybe really try and compete. But that's easier said than done in this game because as we said, is, is there a lot of that talent out there at the moment? So, but for me, I would definitely be looking at potentially the likes of the, the goalkeeper and the centre half to then, as I said, get that spine down the middle and then keep doing what they're doing. And then let's see about trying to look at where to go in relation to how, how, how the rest are going to bring in the real in Liverpool and cities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
there's a, a lot going on at the bottom and you always look at the bottom teams and see I, I can only assume Premier League teams look at the, t- the teams that go down and look to nick the, a player here or yeah. there or somewhere that might be value for money uh, Burnley have had a few centre backs there who have done a job Dave w- w- would you see the likes of Nathan Collins and Tarkovsky yes would you see them as yeah. someone who would do a job for Spurs or are you looking different Oh, different. No, big time. I'd be looking at like who who can you get of a serious high quality. I don't think you can rob anyone in the Premier League. Tarkovsky will be at that level if he stays in the Premier League. I think he, I don't, I don't know his exact age. Collins, I hope he gets the move, but I hope he gets the move where you've got to play week in, week out. I fear that Conte wouldn't necessarily do look at the way it was with Darty. Collins needs game time, simple as that. And even if it's not in the, in the Premier League, just purely on a, of an Ireland perspective, um, it'd be the championship but for me I wouldn't be jumping for either guy um, I think it might be just a step too far at the moment for Collins and Tarkovsky maybe his time is done in, in the sense of really getting to that level so for me it'd be as I said talent wise it's, it's tough at the moment but you'd be trying to go after some really serious players around the, around the world football and some of the best teams around with some of the best set pass that's who I'd like to be going for or if there's a gem that we yet we don't yet know, like the Ruben Diaz of this world, the way City pulled him out of the bag. But as I said, that's that's why these guys are in their crust in the background. But no, in relation to Burnley and even Watford and Norwich, there's not a lot of talent that's going to be picked from them three, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's very disappointing for Burnley after being up for so long. Yeah. Sean Deutsch, I, I heard them talking about it on the, the telly there earlier on. Was it a bad move? Some of them think it was a bad move to let him go, that they should have kept faith with him. How do you see it? Do you do you do you feel that letting Deutsch go was their best opportunity to to stay up, or should they let Deutsch give it a bash again? He's he's done it so many times. Yeah, it's hard to know. Like I mean, they they got that kind of ripple effect when they let go of Deutsch, didn't they? Where they won bloody two in a row, and yet they hadn't won two in twenty five games or something like that. So the kind of initial sacking, albeit a bit surprising in the timing and what was left in the season to salvage. They nearly got away with it. I mean, it's only a hair's breadth that they're gone at the end of the day, but I, I, I couldn't see him going back there or, you know, giving them another whack at it. I think they're going to have to go a different direction, Burnley, now. Like, they've stayed with the same guy and they've trusted him for so long. And then kind of when it mattered most, and you would imagine Dice would feel this, that they didn't back him to that extra kind of few percent. So for Burnley, I can see them going a different direction. As you were saying there, they're going to lose one or two of whatever they had in their first 11. Like they didn't have a lot of st- squad depth, so they'll lose one or two players and then they'll just have to rebuild like everybody else did and do what Norwich did and try kind of consolidate and try come back up the following year. Because once you stay down there for two or three years in that championship, it's an absolute dogfight down there. So um, they'll have to choose wisely or they could become another you know, Sunderland-esque story where they drop and they just can't just find their way back up. Yeah, I think it's the the bounce back it needs to be in the, the first year or two. After that, if you stay too long, it's anyone's. You can you, you can be third or fourth in that league, and the following year, uh, year you could be down fighting relegation. So it's a real it's a real tough one. That it, Leeds will be tanky. They're lucky stars, Neil. A lot of players there would have been yeah. looking to be picked off. Uh, the likes of Rafinha and Phillips. <sighs> Again, is Jesse Marsh the man? Because there were so many questions. He's only in the door and there's so many questions over his head. This will help him, of course. He signed a three-year contract. So 
he is there. Do the board just wing it and go with him now? They, 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 you have to be taking a manager on believing in him, so I presume that's what they've done. Yeah, I think they have to back their man in this one. You know, like he seems to have good pedigree coming up through the kind of Red Bull franchises, so he's no fool. But I think they definitely need to back him now. You know, they've been under the Elza for so long. It was a massive ask to go in there and change the way that that team played football. That kind of high intensity, high impact. And I think if there's one thing you learn maybe watching Bielsa over the last 12 months is that man, he loses a lot of players to injury and exhaustion. And, you know, that, that cycle has come to an end now for that group of players. So, yeah, they need to back him. They need to give him a couple of fresh faces. But most importantly, they need to keep the, the couple of guys that like the likes of Rafinha and, uh, you know, to, to keep them in the side that they don't let them go. They're in almost like a you know West Ham with Declan Rice scenario where you don't want to let your one or two crown jewels go because you know sometimes they they're holding all the glue together. Um, but for Leeds, it's great that they got out. You know they get another season. And yeah, look, I, I couldn't see them changing the manager now. Although funny things to happen in football, um, but they need to consolidate go through a new style of play and allow Marsh to bring in a couple of his players. You know to put his identity in that team because I mean. You know, he didn't have any time really to to make a lot of changes. He was still with the kind of Bielsa group. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one for them over the summer. Yeah, I, I want to ask the two of you about the, the rest, I suppose. The best of the rest or the worst of the rest, whatever way you want to talk about. The middle of the road clubs, you've got Manchester United, West Ham, Leicester, Brighton, Wolves, even Newcastle now who, who turned things around amazingly. Crystal Palace and even we'll go as far as Brentford. You look at the likes of Aston Villa, who I'm not sure how much Steven Gerrard has done. It's going to be a big year for him next year. Southampton have been touching on whether to to let Hassan Hootel go. Has he improved? Has he not? One week he's the best manager in the Premier League. The next week he's he's not so hot. It's a real sort of turmoil. Do Southampton look to be better than what they are? They're 15th place. I suppose you could look at Brighton, who are 9th on 51 points, and, and look to get higher. But then again, I always bring back the Charlton thing of they're up in third or fourth, and, and they're not making the European spot or whatever it was at the time, and now they're down in League 2. And of course, you've got Everton, who just just scraped. I don't, know, I don't even know how they did it. An amazing game. Uh, to to beat Crystal Palace in that three two uh, win, but the, I wouldn't be so confident in Frank Lampard myself in in changing that around there because there's so much work to there, and I just don't even know if he's going to get the time because there's so many players there that just probably aren't up to it, and I cannot see them doing too much better than than what they did this year. Dave, I, I'll let you start, and, and and Neil, you jump in whenever you you feel. Who who's Kind of impressed you? Who hasn't impressed you in in all these teams? And um, well, obviously, what changes could you see? Well, Everton and Southampton would be two big ones because you know, and management certainly Southampton with Hassan Dukes when you've been there for a couple of seasons, you know, you should slowly see a trajectory going the one way. And if anything, it happens every year where he seems to be okay for the first half of the season and they just die off every single year. But this year was more exceptional than others. Everton bitterly disappointing and there was a bit of Roy Keane in me on Thursday when I was watching him get on the pitch going Jesus lads you're going to come 16th like come on but good luck and the one interesting one I will say obviously is Newcastle for obvious reasons but for me the reason why it would be interesting is because they got out of the relegation zone quite quick so pretty much the second half of the season was a free hit so it would be just interesting next year because the Newcastle fans we know what they're like they're, they'll, they'll be looking at the league table since Eddie Howe took over and they'll be thinking Europe, mark my words, 
that pressure from them will be massive if they don't show that form right from the get-go next year. But it'll be just interesting because every game's going to matter now. Like at the moment, it's been a free hit, so anything's a bonus. So when the games matter, are these guys going to show up and do what they're doing? But then again, what kind of team is it going to be next year with, with the summer spending potentially that's come along the way? So what, what that's should, why Newcastle will be interesting. What should Eddie Howe be aiming for? I did. T- I think I did hear him talking top about table, getting right? in the top half of the table. They're 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 only yeah. they're only a couple of points off being in the top half of the table. Exactly. So. It, it, would that be improvement enough for not not just oh, for not me. just for the club, but for him to be able to keep his job? What does he? So what yeah. is what is improvement in the real world, and what is him keeping his job? <laughs> yeah, real world is top half of the table, and being up there the whole time. And once you're up there, Roy, you've got a shot. You've got a shot of sneaking into Europe because it goes down as far as seventh. Now, obviously, Liverpool would have helped that with winning a couple of trophies, and the likes of your Liverpool and City still win those kind of trophies next year. It will help. So you've got till seventh, and at the moment that's only seven points. So you have a chance as long as you're in the top half. That doesn't mean tenth, but at the same time, if they're up there kind of consistently for the year, they're in the mix for that kind of thing. A bit like playoffs in the championship. As long as you're up in the top half of the table, you're in the mix. But that's what's going to be interesting next year, and that's what he, he and whoever's in the background buying players are going to have to look at. You need to get guys who are going to be. They're challenging because they're going to, once they're in the top half, they've a half a chance of Europe next year. Even though I wouldn't be overly critical of it, and as I said, that's real world stuff. In Newcastle's world, if they're in the bottom half of the table within the first ten matches, he's in trouble. That's my opinion. I'd say that's what they're going to be like. Um, and the Newcastle fans are being patient. Like I said, they're already. I've seen a few little comments here and there in the last couple of weeks when they keep talking about the league table since Eddie Howe took over. Like, oh my Christ, they're they're literally thinking Champions League already instead of waiting a couple of years. Just relax. So. I would be yeah. very interested to see how that goes if they're not in the top half after, say, like I said, eight to ten matches. I'd say the pressure will be on immediately. They interviewed quite a lot of the, inter- the Newcastle fans before the Arsenal game last <laughs> week before, and they asked them what their expectations was next year, and a hell of a lot of them said Champions League football. Now, that's okay, my job. So it, I think it depends on the, the level of um, investment in the team. Like They invested very well there over the winter break. The question is, do they go sensible or do they go nuts? So you know, will they try a City model where they build it over five years or will they try a Paris Saint-Germain model where they just literally flog money at players regardless of what way it works, ignore financial fair play, all that lark, and then just really, really go after a big squad I have a feeling they'll stick with Eddie Howe for a day of saying definitely for the first 10 games. But depending on the level of uh, investment, that brings expectation. And then you'll know the real Newcastle, the real Eddie Howe. You know, when it matters most and your expectation is to be fifth, sixth, seventh. So that's a massive change um, from where they are now, as Dave said, where they've shot the nothing. Do they need to stick with him for the for the season, no matter what? Because if they you don't just get a top quality manager midway through a season, so no. do they, do they stick with him? Maybe maybe until someone comes available, but maybe for the year, and then you know be in negotiations with someone else to to take them away the following season. Because there's not too many managers will leave. You know, just say it was Jose Mourinho because that was branded about a bit. But he's not going to leave Roma midway through a season when he he's in a Champions League or or whatever cup competition he's in. He's challenging for Syria. Uh, go ahead. It makes sense, Roy. Of course, it does. It makes sense to stick around a hundred percent. But you've, we 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 unfortunately were old enough now to to know what Jimmy Graves was talking about when he said it's a funny old game. You know, Newcastle, it's over now. 
the, the season's over, all of a sudden it's top 10 is not even probably enough. I told you they did a straw poll when I think Gary Neville, John the way they were doing this kind of Gary Neville character, I think it was Keane with kind of fans from every club. They did a poll beforehand and their realistic target, this is while they were still in the relegation zone. It was literally, the, it was this forum was on the day or two after I think they were taken over. And they said our realistic target for next season was top 10. And this is why they still had a chance of going down. Like that, so can you imagine if they did it now? Like, like what Neil said, they're thinking Champions League, they're thinking Europa League spot. And if they're not in them from early on, no one is safe. Like, you know what I mean? No one is safe. Yeah, yeah, and man. plus we don't really know what these owners are like. Have they got the Watford trigger? Have they got the... Eagle shall not be named who used to own Chelsea trigger who gets rid of them quite quick like yeah. or are they sensible and sit back and realise it's a project and we will get to the promised land at some point it's yeah. not going to happen next year and they should know it yeah, but will they be panicky and start pulling the trigger you know that's to be saying yeah exactly Dave um, you look at Manchester United a, a disaster of a year as we've said already how did they? Yeah. How did they change, Neil? What's what, what, like? Obviously, they have a new manager coming in, Ten Hag. But the fans can't expect Ten Hag to come in there and, and change too much around. So, what what would you see as a goal for Manchester United? I mean, there'll always be a goal to go and try and get Champions League football, but that's just still a big ask at the moment, isn't it? Do you know what, Roy? With Manchester United, I think their first priorities have to be so simple and so small it's almost like you're you're ripping up the book you're re, re, whatever way you want to put it you're putting down a fresh canvas he needs to get control of the dressing room he needs to silence the whingers and moaners coming out on social media he needs to silence the, the voices coming out of you know dissent when things aren't going well and people aren't on the bench and you're you know you're not getting in he needs to stop all that and he needs to literally reset the club he needs to reset expectations and then he needs to bring in his own players that will hopefully take over the dressing room for him. Now, we obviously don't know, but it feels like it's an unhappy dressing room. There's different factions over Maguire versus his ability to control it versus Ronaldo, who is the kind of kingpin. And again, that needs to be already said. He needs to be the boss in there. There's no doubt, in the fraction of a doubt in my mind that Klopp runs the Liverpool dressing room Pep runs the City dressing room and there's no one bigger than them and that's what Ten Hag needs to do now I don't know enough about Ten Hag that he's that type of character but he can't have players coming out second guessing him it has to be his way or no way so for me get rid of the guys in the summer that are about to go I think that would be a big help to like to get Pogba and them out of there get rid of the guys who've been hanging around that are on their lower end of the contract just clear them out and then start from scratch get the team fighting which is the minimum expectation of any manager any team get them fighting and get them playing the way they were kind of Christmas two years ago when they were kind of in their pump and I know it sounds simple but they're the baby steps that they actually need to, to stop being a laughing stock like they're a laughing stock at the moment they're the baby steps they need to implement to make sure that they don't you know in six months time we're not talking about another successor because it's all gone pear-shaped again yeah I, I don't I the dressing room is the biggest thing. If you can turn a dressing room yep. and, and you'll get confidence and whatever players are there, if they're behind you, then you're flying. So you don't have to bring in loads of players. But there is a lot of players in there that are going to be leaving. So that's probably a good thing. But the players yep. that were playing there t- today in, in the game, some of them are so inexperienced that they're just not ready for that level. So there's, a, there's probably a few players that they need to get in. Who can Man United get? 
very hard to see who they can get because you haven't got Champions League football so you're looking for those top tier players even the top tier players who, who aren't who are with the likes of Benfica Nunes and stuff like that they're not going to go to Manchester United not unless it's absolutely ridiculous money and they're trying to get away from that as well so I think they will struggle a little bit maybe Ten Hag's links with certain players maybe he'll get a few in there but yeah, I think it's just going to be a couple of the Dutch guys maybe right yeah. yeah, I think he needs some of his own men on the inside, you know, that way, guys that he brings in. They're talking about um, Frankie de Jong. You know, that that would be at least one of his guys in the dressing room. I think he needs to get definitely some familiarity in there. Um, the other thing, by the way, I'd say, and I, I'd be interested in your view on this, every time I look at Man United when they switch manager or something changes, one of the old guard, be it a Carrick or a Fletcher, or one of these lads, all of a sudden turns up on the sideline and on the bench and it's almost like it's their moment now to kind of have a crack at this. What, what, I get rid of these boys as well. well. What the hell are they doing there? They're not the manager. They're nobody. Get Hold out on the club and let a new guy come in. Neil, Roy will take us off in a minute, but they're probably getting rid of all them. But guess what? They're bringing one of the old managers back, apparently, in Steve McLaren. Wow. Exactly. He's going to be in advisory. I'm not saying it's 100%. So, yeah, get rid of the, these guys who just obviously have been a bit of a on and let Roy finish it off. But ironically, one of the old managers might be coming in or assistant managers, Steve McLaren as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so... I, I, I don't mind Steve McLaren coming back in, to tell you the truth. I think his managerial reputation nearly kills his coaching reputation. His coaching reputation w- mm-hmm. was very, very good. Um, as you know, it's a, it's a big difference between managing and coaching. Yeah. He's coming in as a coach. Um, he's not even. I don't. He's not even coming in as an assistant manager. He's coming in as a coach. So yeah. it would be someone who would give him an idea of how the club runs, um, the ins and outs of the, of the place. But also, he he's a decent coach. So you looked at. As I think Neil said Carrick, uh, Fletcher. These are coming in off the back of no experience at all whatsoever. Um, so. I agree with that. They they have to be gone. There was all sorts of people coming in there, standing around. Mike Phelan was there, and Mike Phelan was a good person to have around. When Solskjaer was there, and then he got edged out, all, you know, throughout that rain, and got edged out as well. So, I, I it's a it's a bit of a laughing stock. That I, I'm not I'm not so worried about Steve McLaren. If he was assistant manager, manager, I would be petrified. But as a coach, I think he 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 might be yeah. all right. You know. Um, Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, but I do think Ten Hag has started to bring in, he's asked for certain people to come in. They're letting them bring in certain people. I'm hoping that he has a good idea of what he wants, um, exactly the way Klopp has, exactly the way Guardiola has. You may not be as good a manager as them. You may not um, reach the feats that they have. But if you have a plan, you know what it's, you're, you're looking to do, great, you, you have an, an opportunity. The, the, the ones before that, I didn't see a plan and if there was if there was a plan I, I really wouldn't like to discuss it with them because it was it was a very complicated mess okay uh, we'll just finish off with Everton Dave because you wanted to talk a little bit about Everton they, they ran onto the pitch they celebrated like it was after winning the Champions League I kind of get it though Dave it's it's hard. Oh, no, it's hard. Do. It's probably hard for a Liverpool fan to understand. But you starting down there in relegation. It was a real threat of relegation. And when you seen you had Arsenal in the last game of the season, and two 0 down, petrified wouldn't be even the word that describe it. It was the great escape. They didn't do that in that second half. They were gone. They were never going to do that. Ah, uh, look, I, no fans. I don't have any support. You know, when you're watching some of these shysters who have done F off for 37 <laughs> And by the way, they lost 5-1 today. That said, 
that's the perfect bookend to ever be seen. And I hope there's a video of Lampard in the dressing room giving it the big one today where he's absolutely leveling them out because it's not good enough and that's the standards and that's why you're down where you are. Mm. And there's players who have to go, including one of our own. The time has come. Um, they're gone. They're done. They'll always be down there if they're still around. And they, they, whatever thing, you know, you're, God knows what everything they're going to do. There's always been money there. They've always bought it on mercenaries. They've always bought it on lads who show promise when they feel like it, including with Charleston. He just picks and chooses when he does it, but he'll he'll be okay. He's a Brazilian international. He'll move on. And that's that's where it would annoy me, some of the celebrations, the way they were going on going. Lads, I'll show you the video of 37 of the 38 matches this year. That second half is nothing to be proud of. You know, the mess you've got yourselves on into from from just whether you give a shit or not, I don't know. I know there's a bit unlucky with Calvert Lewin, but um, Lampard needs to be very quiet now and very assured and get his shit together and get everything away from that mess because um, you know it was distinctly unimpressive um, for literally, as I said, 37 of the 38 matches this year. Yeah, um, and they they've a lot of work to do. To do, and Neil, it's that's, job that's to what do, I, yeah, that's what I alluded to because there's going to be so many changes that are needed because there's so many players that that are not good enough, and I know. Dave yeah. is, is talking about Seamus Coleman but I actually think Seamus Coleman's one of their best players on the pitch uh, one who'll fight till the end one one who has probably been man of the match for them in in, in a lot of their last few games he had a, 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 a big dip during the season but well, there's only so long that Seamus Coleman can go on so there is a big huge rebuild there Neil does he have the time? Yeah, Will I he did. have the patience after all the managers previously have used up the money that they've given very, very unwisely? Yeah, I, I mean, he's after inheriting a squad there that just lacks quality. You know, as Dave's saying about Richardson, when he's on it, he's fantastic, but too often he's not on it. Or this season, he was the go-to guy because Calvert-Lewin got broke up and then all of a sudden, all your eggs are in one basket on Calvert-Lewin. Like, they just lack goal scorers all over the pitch. and uh, Midfield is just bland. I remember saying, even when Ancelotti was there last year, that he reminded me of Sam Allardyce, the way he had Everton playing. It was horrendous to watch. And I don't see them any different this year. They've brought in uh, Deli Ali and Donny van de Beek. One of them wasn't up for the dogfight in the, re- in the relegation. And the other one appeared, uh, like leading Lazarus in the last game and uh, saved their season, seemingly. So, um, it just shows how short memories are but they're, they're not guys that are going to turn around your club and get you back winning and get you back into the top half of the table Lampard has an absolute massive job on his hands you know that they're not in that same mess he needs to galvanise that team he needs to be very shrewd in who he signs not go after these mercenaries you know that are, are on crazy money and do nothing for you don't care about the club he needs to be ready uh, if he can pluck one or two from the youths and gets in a couple of season players, maybe he should be looking at Burnley, uh, you know, their type of players that they could get on the cheap when they drop uh, one or two off Wofford or one of them. But Lampard has a massive job getting the right. It's, it's the, and I think Dave's dead right. These lads that did nothing for a season and all of a sudden the last day it's where they won the Champions League. You need characters now in that dressing room. Guys that are up for a fight, but they need quality uh, in order to open up teams and they just don't have it. So it's a big, big window for him now in the summer. Absolutely massive. Yep, that's the Premier League wrapped up for this year. Uh, Pura Burnley gone, Watford, Norwich, uh, Man City champions, Liverpool again have a big game next week and, and we're all looking forward to seeing that one. 
Um, but we might just go on to a little bit of transfer news because, Dave, you're Florento Perez. Mbappe has just rejected you. Haaland has gone to Manchester City. Who do you, intro- who do you try to sign for Real Madrid now? Uh, you never know. They could come Liverpool's way. Um, I think Salah. have a bite. Uh, Salah and yeah. even Manny. You know, have a bite at either or. Salah, absolutely no. What about Manny then, you know? And once one of them gets wind of it, you never know. All of a sudden, they might want to get into the contract talk. So, you know, it could get interest, if you know what I mean. But that's probably as good as you're going to get. Will Harry Kane jump ship? Like I said, I think it's the only place he could go if he was, if he really wanted to step up because, as I said, City and Liverpool probably aren't overly interested and I don't think he'd go to Chelsea. So I'd say the favourite that they would like to go to after this potentially is maybe to, uh, to, to have a bite of one of the, one of the two lads. Would you be really worried that that's it, that is the case? Because there has been a thing with Salah this year about his contract. That hasn't been yeah. resolved. Yeah, and I think Manny's a similar time left and obviously there has been the rumours of the Bayern Munich. I think that's a play really maybe by the agent to try and get the contract talks going. I think Manny would probably want to stay. But, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are two massive clubs and when they come, especially for foreign players, like that's why like, Coutinho, when he was playing as well as he did, I knew one of the Spanish boys was going to come in and he was going to be gone. And it could be something similar. Like These guys coming from wherever, wherever obviously in this instance it's Egypt and Senegal, they, their dreams would be just to probably more to play for the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona than it is for Liverpool and City or any of these teams. Now it might be changing over the years, but these are massive, massive clubs, and we'll always have a chance again. I'm not saying they are going to, but there's always a chance when when joints like that knock on the door. Neil, would Salah leave just to get money? Go to Real Madrid? He's he's not the young player that Haaland is. He's not the young player that Mbappe is. Do you think Real Madrid are looking for young and up and coming and future or just here and now? Uh, Real Madrid just wants the best of what's out there and they want them now. I mean, the fact that they were going to, they nearly had Mbappe tells you exactly what they're thinking. They want someone to go either side of Benzema. They don't want, I don't think they want to replace Benzema with Kane, for example. And I don't know if Benzema has the legs at his age now to go back out wide and kind of play second fiddle to him like he did Ronaldo for all them years but they have money there to spend they have a budget they have whatever it was going to be 200 million ready to roll on Mbappe so I'd be very wary I'd echo Dave on this one it worries me a little when a player lets that go down to that year because there's always a reason for it money was mentioned with Salah they weren't paying him what he was worth I hate that you know when that comes out that all of a sudden you're not paying him enough even though Man, he's handsomely paid, and he was on a roll at that time. If anything, Mane is in a stronger position now the way he finished the last four months because he's on fire and he's after reinventing himself now as a number 10. So he can play two different positions. Um, if I were Madrid, I'd definitely go knocking on Liverpool's door and try that one. Salah would be a huge sign for them. For Liverpool, you would have never contemplated it pre Christmas, but now over the last few months with Diaz coming in, your Jota, Firmino, Mane kind of back. If you were to get that money and spend it as wisely as they did with the Coutinho money, the best piece of money they've ever spent in their history, then you might consider it now all of a sudden. So they don't want to lose them sillily like, you know, Paris Saint-Germain nearly lost Mbappe. So maybe now the crunch talk is over the summer. It has to be finalised in the next month or so um, because losing Salah is massive, absolutely massive. Yeah. Uh, would Lewandowski in the equation at all I do see that Fabrizio Romero was talking that 
Barcelona are in discussions with, for, with Lewandowski's camp. I'm sure there's plenty of discussions going on with plenty of clubs. Again, as you indicated there, they have a centre-forward in Benzema. They probably don't need another out-and-out centre-forward. As you said, it's probably just the wings. Yeah, I don't know about Lewandowski. I think the ship is sailing in a little bit as in he wasn't his hot property. You know, he bangs in the Bundesliga, but he, he's, he's getting on. He's well on he's now. So. He's out of the bracket now at this stage. Yeah. You know, yeah, still great players, but you're not buying prime like he's, he, he's 33 and they're saying 32 million euro offer from Lewandowski to Bar- for, for Barcelona. It's not in the same bracket as Mbappe. But I tell you one thing, he would do a smashing job for any whoever gets him. You'll definitely get a year slash two out of them and um, it'd just be interesting in Spain or in England to see him play to it have the same effect and Haaland's going to be the same Oh, what are they going to be like coming out of German league and going into a higher standard of a league uh, week in week out would be very interesting yeah absolutely okay we're going to leave that there um, another good year of football we're still we're back next week because we've got Champions League to discuss and of course there's Nation League as well coming up around the corner so the football isn't stopping even though the World Cup has been moved to Christmas uh, and that's a whole different story we'll talk Sorry, about sorry ladies <laughs> Dave just when you think it's over it's not no it's not Dave Neil thanks very much and uh, we'll talk to you next Cheers, week gang.